You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We are going to jump right into our rapid fire discussion. Um, the first thing we want to talk about is my main man, Prime Time. And um, we all know who Deion Sanders was on the field for the Cowboys. I don't really have to talk about that. Um, But he is now the head coach of an HBCU's football team in Mississippi. Um, So I wanted to get the guy's thoughts on that. What kind of impact do you think he would have? Whether or not you think this is a good move, um, et cetera. So I, I think, I mean, I think it's a good move. It, 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 to me, I was kind of shocked. I didn't even realize he was coaching in high school. It's shocking to me that he's uh, on NFL Network and he's uh, doing all this stuff, but he's, he's still coaching high school. Um, but I, I'm hopeful with him going to Jackson State that he's going to be able to build a strong program that puts Jackson State in that upper echelon of schools over time. Um, maybe not competing for a national championship, but being recognized as a football powerhouse. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like, uh, you know, the rumors that were out there already <clears throat> about, like, having this Hall of Fame uh, coaching staff. We talk about Warren Sapp, T.O. I seen somewhere where Evan Smith said, if you need an RB coach, <laughs> right. let me know. Yo, this is this is beautiful, man, because – I know, you know, when you when you're growing up and then you're going to have so many people from different areas like promoting that college, you know, the older, the older folks, uh, even if you watch, if you were a student of the game, you're just going to want to be around that type of talent and that atmosphere. So Prime being a head coach. Oh, my goodness. And him going and him, the access to players he have and the knowledge that he have. I think Jackson State is going to crack that top 25 in the next couple of years. So it's going to be good for uh, it's going to be good for that program, but not just that program because what's going to happen is people are going to want to get a play against Jackson State too. So it's going to bring more people into that conference, which is going to be really great for that. Um, what is the swag? Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a great move, and I can't wait to see the trickle down effect. So if Dion, who has Dion Sanders and his coaching staff, or practically everyone who played at, at the highest level in the NFL could definitely sway others to come in um, in from that state to play with them. And other players may be motivated. Uh, Other schools, HBCUs, say, hey, you know what? Let's start hiring these people who actually played and and, uh, who are on the highest level. So I think it's going to have a a great trickle-down effect for all other schools. So I'm 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 so happy this occurred, and I can't wait to see, like I said, the trickle-down effect. Yeah, I, I I really agree with you, Phil, because I think outside of it being um, Deion Sanders and, you know, he j- just has the most perfect name I have ever heard. Um, outside of that, I think you're going to get a lot of great talent now who would have eyes on Jackson, right? I'm like, when you bring in a name like that, it's not only his, you know, his ability to coach and, and lead a team, but now you have a brand name that people are going to be attracted to. So I like what the future of recruiting looks like, you know, even on a deeper level. Um, Really, really excited about that. 
Um, keeping with the football theme, let's talk about Monday night football. So tomorrow we have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Ravens. Who do you guys have? Who is the better quarterback? Who has the better team? We all know who the better quarterback is. I mean, who's the most dynamic? Who's the most athletic? I'm going with Lamar. But as far as skill set and somebody who already got that jewelry, I mean, we can't even, what are we going to say? Pat Mahomes is that guy right now. We talking about half a billion. <laughs> so he's yeah. that guy. But um, as far as tomorrow night, it's going to be a good game. I just feel like it's going to come down to what defense steps up. And I think it's going to actually be a high-scoring game, too. But I'm going to give the nod to Pat on this one, even though I like Lamar better. Mm-hmm. Now, now, when you say, and I think most people would acknowledge that Pat is the better quarterback, but it's not by much, in my opinion. So this, this is the reason why I disagree with that, right? It's because I think you have to, you have to structure your offense to fit his skill set. Where when you talk about Patrick Mahone, you can put him in any place, mm-hmm. any time, and he's going to be effective. So that I mean, that's would be the only difference. Mm-hmm. It's smart what the Ravens have done with the organization, but I think just pound for pound, I would have to give my guy Pat the nod. In a big way, you know, it matters what happens in the postseason. I know, I know, I know. Lamar has an MVP, but he doesn't have a postseason win, and it's not like he's been like tight games. They get doggy slapped in the games. So with that <laughs> being the case, that that's a big problem if you're trying to make a case for. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, what, what, what Mahomes is doing is unheard of. Most quarterbacks take a few years to get that get to that status of competing for a Super Bowl. He's been competing for the past two years. Lost against, obviously, the, one of the greatest coaching, uh, coach quarterback duels of all time in, uh, in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It was in a close game, but ended up losing it. And then went to the Super Bowl and came back and drove his team into victory, right? And you're talking about a man who's played for a, a, a head coach who has a history of blowing games in the playoffs. Yes. So true. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's special. Uh, I do think Ravens could pull, will pull this game out, though. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see Ravens defense. Um, and I do think uh, Jackson will, you know, will, will, will be action Jackson highlight reel. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really, really matter. We're, we're, we're concerned about postseason, not, not a game for Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so for, for you Cowboy fans listening, we are worried about the postseason and we're not worried about these wins, okay? Right. Uh, yeah, lucky Cowboys fan. But I'm going to agree with you, Evan. Um, I think the Baltimore defense is better than the Chiefs and the Chiefs are not known for their defense, even though they made a couple of upgrades. Um, but I'm not going to take away the talent of Pat Mahomes and he could sling that ball. And, he, and if you give him a, a second on that clock, he he could he could he could really get that 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 ball into the end zone and score you know score those touchdowns, but that defense I don't trust. So the question is, like you said, Calvin, who's going to hold off on the defensive end? I have my trust more on the Baltimore Ravens on the defensive end. But as talent, of course, Pat, MVP, Super Bowl champ, like you said, two years. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just far right now the best quarterback 
Yes, I said it. The best quarterback in the NFL right now. Mm, mm. Um, Ooh, um, well, but before we even get into that, like, I don't like how y'all talking about Lamar. Like, this <laughs> dude didn't go off on the league last year. I'm not saying he he's better than Pat, so I'm not going there. But let's not talk about this guy like it's his leaps and bounds. I mean, Lamar been in the league two years. Okay, like it's not like he's been here and he's been trying to establish himself. He'll he'll get there. And look, don't be surprised if in the next year or two, Baltimore pulls out a championship. Like it's not impossible. It's not outside the realm of possibility. It's all I'm saying. I, I, I have my doubts that there will be a championship team. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's a special talent. His arm talent isn't necessarily where it needs to be. And and to win the Super Bowl, I mean, I think about those Mike Vick, the, those Mike Vick uh, Falcons when they were had Mike uh, Work done and another running back. They were just a special running team, but they came up against a real defense and and they got and 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 they didn't advance the Super Bowl because, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Vick admitted on the Eagles that he never watched tape before. And I think he's being exaggerating a little bit, but the man literally just walked on the field and was just a pure talent alone. I think Lamar has a, a leak talent that allows him to excel. He's going to have to become a better arm talent over time. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if you're choosing three quarterbacks to ride or die with, you're choosing Pat, you're choosing Lamar, and you're choosing Russell. Well, I hope. I'm not. I'm I'm not. I mean – I, I I don't know if I'm riding down with Lamar. I, I still I still ride down with Aaron Rodgers. Look what he's doing right now. Yeah, I think I'm going yeah. Aaron Rodgers still. <laughs> yeah, I can't really argue that. So, all right. So, let's transition into this talk about who is the best quarterback in the league as of today. Like, based on what we have seen in the first two games of the season, who is the best quarterback in the league? Now, I'm going to start with Phil because Phil says that as of today – um, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, so I'm going to need him to defend himself and and tell our listeners why. Well, I know we're not supposed to go back that that far, but I'm going to say based upon the numbers and his accuracy and his ability to be mobile, I know everyone wants to say Russell Wilson. That's great, but he hasn't proved anything to me as of yet that the capability as Pat has. As oh, of now. oh. Okay, let me clarify because clearly you're not understanding the context of this question. I said the first two games of the league, all right? So we're talking about games one and game two of this new season. Based on what we have seen in those parameters, you're saying that Russell Wilson has, hasn't proved anything in, the, in these first two games. Not anything, but he has not leaped past. If I had a – if I had – a game less than five, less than two minutes, right? Matter of fact, one minute left in a game. I'm giving that ball to Pat over Russell. That's it. I know Pat is mobile. I know Pat will figure out how to get there. And Pat, only person that ever defeated Pat was a, a, a offensive call, uh, a, a flag two years ago. That's the only We're thing I've defeated. We're talking about him. the first two weeks. I need you. I need you two to weeks. get focused. <laughs> Moving on, Kelvin. Um, if we're going to go the first two weeks, I think it's a handful of guys that played the same. Um, you know, it's a bunch of elite quarterbacks that are at 2-0 right now. Uh, we, we mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, Russell was there. Um, 
and also Pat Mahomes. So it's, it's some good quarterbacks that's there right now. Um, so I'll have to examine who they played. I think um, um, I think I would say who did Seahawks play? They played they played Patriots last week, and I don't know who they played the first game of the season. So um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I honestly do think um, it's a cluster of guys right now. You know, at the two and zero mark, that we could just say arguably is having the best you know, the best uh, season. It would be try it probably between uh, Pat. Um, a Rod and uh, Russell for me right now. I don't have one. Um, just to uh, follow up on your question, the Seahawks played the Falcons in Week One, so that don't even count. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Evan. Um, I tell you that who has not been is killed my fantasy team, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Carson Wentz have both killed my fantasy teams. Um, but um. I would say Russ. You know, Russ has been has been special. Um, Pat has been I, honestly. I think Pat is at a place in his career where you know you ever get so used to seeing someone do something special that it doesn't even register in your mind anymore. You talking about the LeBron James effect? Yeah, I mean that's where Pat is right now. So I. <laughs> I would, I, I'm going to say something just, just controversial. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Cam Newton. I've been so impressed with Cam Newton. No, that's not controversial. So I? I don't think that's that, controversial. I don't think that's controversial. Well, the thing is, Cam hasn't really – he hasn't done a lot of great throwing, but he, he's been playing dynamic football. So, I'll go with Cam Newton. That's a good pick. Yeah, it is. It is. Um we're not going to act like Russell did throw five touchdowns to five different targets just last week, I, completely annihilating um, the Patriots on, on the field. And, and this is not to take anything away from Cam. Like, I think Cam should be in this conversation, even though people won't agree with me. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know. For me right now, um, the best play that I have seen is definitely Russell, but it's like for me, it's like the rotation of like top five. That's always gonna be in the current. Like we can have this conversation today, we can have this at week ten, or we can have it at week sixteen. It's gonna be Pat Mahomes, um, Russell Wilson. I'm gonna put Lamar Jackson in there. I'm going to put Cam Newton in there, and I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers in there. I feel like it's just this constant rotation of these guys in that conversation. Do you ever wake up in the morning and say, thank God I'm not a Falcons fan? Like, do you ever just wake up? (laughs) (laughs) Just think that. (laughs) Yeah, man. These these Falcons, I mean, they're not on our schedule to talk about, but we have to talk about them um, in the next couple of weeks. All right, let's shift gears a little bit and head to the NBA. As you know, um, the playoffs are are coming to a quick close. We are done with the Western Conference Finals. Um, A lot of people think that the Eastern Conference Finals will be complete tonight. And so I just wanted to get your guys' um, thoughts, feedback, um, opinions about things you have seen. Anything exciting that you want to share with our listeners? Uh, I think Boston is better than Miami. I agree. That's what I was going to say. 
I don't know if the series is over tonight, but, but, but Boston has put themselves in a hole. And I think Boston came in overly confident. And they got up big on Miami. And I think Miami is, and you got to appreciate this about Jimmy Butler, they're a tough team that doesn't give up. Yeah. I, you took the words right in my mouth. I was going to say the same thing. Um, I, I, and Calvin, you can let me know. Kimball Walker has to stop trying to fit in and take over and play his role. And, and of course, go through Jason Tatum because he's the, you know, the star, but he has to be more aggressive. I believe the same way, the same thing too. Boston is not, you know, they, don't, they didn't expect to fight, play with dogs. And if you look at the Miami Heat, they're a bunch of dogs. They're just going to play hard all 48 minutes of the game. They, they're going to play hard throughout the whole game. And Boston is like sleepwalking. And now they got bit by the dog three times. Hopefully they respond correctly. I think this is going to go with game seven. And I would love to see Lakers versus Celtics. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I am impressed with uh, what Miami has been able to do um, throughout this bubble. I didn't give them enough credit going into the bubble. And another important thing about basketball we got to understand is it's, uh, you know, 48 minutes, you know, and Miami plays the whole game. They do. Not a letdown from their bench or their starters. And what Boston does, they run, they get their runs and spurts because they have their top heavy, you know, and they, and they seem to get burned out or not know how to close games. So I got to, I got to tip my hat to, um, Spolster, Eric Spolster, and just uh, and Pat Riley building that organization. I don't think I don't think they're capable of beating um, the Lakers, um, but they they are the definition of a team. You know, they operate as a team. Any given night, somebody else can step up. So, you know, I always wanted Boston to win, but I just got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, and what what I love about the Heat, man, they they just have grit. Like if you just watch those games. And I think this plays into Evan's point really nicely where he says Boston came in overconfident and I don't know if they're playing the game serious for 48 minutes because in those three wins, Miami was down at some point in the game by at least 16, 17 points in all of those games and they came back to win. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's the culture though. So people got, it's one thing about culture too. It's like, Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, I don't want to stay on the topic too long, but it's important for people to hear this one. Like usually, typically, when teams are down like that, and when mm -hmm. you have when you're superior than them, then they supposed mm -hmm. to know the fold. But Miami don't play by that rule book. Mm -hmm. they, they they don't have no quit in their game, and their their culture is play to the zeros is on the clock. Yeah, and 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 they do because even if you look at those games in the last like five minutes, is when you really see. Miami turn it on on all cylinders, right? Like they're scoring, they're getting big defensive plays. Y'all, nobody did not mention Bam's block. How could you talk about this series and not mention <laughs> Bam's block? Like, and that may be end up being a series saving block, even though it was game was game one or game two. That game was game one. No, yeah, was that game one? Okay, I, yeah. I think that was game one. Yeah, game one, yeah, because. Tatum, I mean, Tatum beat Jimmy, and it was just him in the buck. I mean, that's just like. I, see, I look at the, I look at that whole sequence a lot different than a lot of people because I'm more disappointed on how Tatum handled the last the pressure moments. 
Yeah. Like the last second shot before they went to overtime, he shot a step, a step all, a step off three pointer from three feet beyond the line. Yeah. You know, and then the, the next play where he had a chance to uh to that play where he got blocked, he went straight to the basket and didn't even look like Van wasn't even there. I mean, like, dude, like you use your teammates, use a middle game. Like yeah. as a superstar, you gotta you gotta know how to play in those moments. Like that would never happen to like a LeBron or somebody like that. No, uh-huh. I'm just saying LeBron name because Tatum is his showed his youth in those moments. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of killed Boston. And therein lies, I think, the great problem with it, this this microwave culture. We forget that most superstars take time. They take time in the oven. That adversity is supposed to shape and break you. The problem yeah. is, like, like I hate to bring the Sixers, people thought that that Kawhi shot was going to make Joel Embiid come in a different player and make Ben Simmons start shooting jumpers. And, and they just haven't taken that necessary step they need to take for, and you know, roster is poorly constructed, but that's another story. But you look at Tatum, and we held him a superstar, right, after his playoff performance. People forget, in that, in that series, uh, what did um, Cardiac Kimba say? He said, I've never seen you defend, a team defend a pick and roll like this. And they didn't change. They just kept letting this the, the, the pick and roll and shoot. And so, you know, whatever they did in that series is not a reflection upon how good they are. It's a reflection of how poorly defended they were the whole series. And so Tatum is a star, but, and I think Kelvin can speak to this. Sometimes when you're young, you do unnecessary moves just to prove you can do the move instead of making the winning shot. Kobe talked about this. In the end of the game, he used a mental game to get a shot he wanted. He'd drive and he'd pump on the pull-up with two seconds. And then once you're up in there, he'd shoot it. He wasn't going to take a shot falling down and, and cr- try to cross you over. It's a quick move, quick decision. Get open, hit the shot. And th- these young guys, you know, they're, they're trying to be impressive. Mm-hmm. And they're not trying to do what's going to help them win the game. Yeah. No, Evan, you, you, were, you, were, you hit it right on the head. Um, n- nothing to add to that. Um, let's switch really quickly to the Western Conference Finals that wrapped up yesterday. Um, honestly, I I wasn't that excited about this series. You know, of course, you have the Denver Nuggets, you have Jamal Murray, you have the Joker, who looked more like a Joker this series to me. Um, but it wasn't really anything exciting. We have the outcome that we expected. Um, what do you, what are you guys thoughts about that? Well, I really was looking forward for the Clippers, except for a pandemic P showed up and and ruined that Western Conference um, final um, finals we were looking forward to. But we have to give uh, you know a shout out and congratulate the Nuggets coming back three times three one, and I'm happy that the Lakers took care of it because I thought the mental game if they have if the Denver had won last night, I think the the mental game would have played an effect that. They may come back. They may come back, and the Lakers would have been more tight. But I'm glad the Lakers took care of that. Um, Got to give congratulations to the Lakers and to appearing to the finals, and hopefully they complete the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, it's one of those things. My common practice are to make fun of teams that exit 
um, each playoff series. And that has been my practice for almost 10 years now. But I could not do it with Denver. Like, I had to tip my hat. So, like, those, those guys played. They played well. They put their heart out there. And so they, they're officially the first team that got a pass from me. So I'm a, I'm a borrow from my, my man, Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think Murray's a hooper. But I still want to see Murray in a packed arena in the playoffs do that. Mm. Um, on the road. And when he's d- doing that, then I think we can put him as a unequivocal superstar. I'll give him a superstar pass, right? Well, I'll give him an all-star bordering on superstar pass right now. But, you know, once things get back regular, I got to see what that's going to look like in a packed arena. Um, two, um, the thing with Denver is Denver's scary good. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to – I would anticipate he's going he's to grow in a measured fashion um, after this season. Uh, he's going to come back. He's going to be better next year. Um I really believe that at some point Denver is going to unseat the Lakers. It may be next year, maybe two years from now, but eventually Denver's going to unseat the Lakers because here's the thing. Denver is deep. And if you can get Murray to perform like that consistently and Joker, if Joker can lose some weight and play at a high level, I think it's going to – it's gonna be hard because number two, Dwight Howard's not gonna be at the Lakers again. You know that he's he's put he's earned himself another contract. So yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. And honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if it happens next season. To be honest, I like honestly, Den- Denver is they have great potential. Yeah, um, I was actually excited about this series because um, I was excited to see Murray. And and Evan brought up a point. Uh, the COVID situation and the bubble situation has impacted, I believe, the performances of a lot of players. So it's to be determined in the future, you know, what we really tear um, Murray as. But I was excited to see how the Lakers were able to make the adjustments because going from the Houston Rockets, going from the Trailblazers to the Rockets to the to the Nuggets are all different dynamics. Um, all different dynamics to to play against. And I think the Lakers were able to play defensively and offensively meets the challenge each and every night, which is which is major. Um, mm-hmm. Going playing scrappy basketball from Houston to playing against a, a quality big man, quality uh, point guard, uh, length on defense with their wings. It just said a lot to me about um, the Lakers and – um, you know, how AD has stepped up this year, Rondo's leadership, and LeBron James. I just think it's, it's, it's they just show that they're hands down equipped to fit, fit any matchup. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I agree with that. Um, since we all kind of mentioned Murray, I kind of want to close this conversation about, um, I saw a post about <laughs> people said that Murray is a better point guard than Kyrie Irving. And I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Win a championship first, but skill-wise, no. I think Kyrie, when healthy, is uh, top top three, top four uh, point guard in the NBA. Uh, Murray, like I said, is going to get there. 
eventually he did great performance, but that's a bubble situation, not um, real NBA situation like a pack of arenas, like Evan said, and Calvin iterated. Let's see how they perform on the highest level. We already know how Kyrie was healthy performed. Lily uh, helped Cleveland get the championship ring. He was a factor, not a one-time hit, but a factor throughout the series. To be fair, to be fair, Kyrie is a little bit overhyped because without LeBron James, what has Kyrie done in the playoffs? To be fair, I mean, what 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 has he done? But 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 Evan, no, I I hear you on that. But then people make the same argument about MJ. They say without Scotty, what is MJ doing in the playoffs? Scoring six three on Boston. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very fair uh, comparison, to be honest with you. Um, Kyrie is highly skilled, but he's he's highly skilled in himself. Um, Murray is showing me he's willing to be a willing passer, a great teammate, and he can score the ball at a high level. The only thing I would say is that, Murray, you don't have enough in your resume to compare yourself with Kyrie. But as far as just me watching both players, uh, Murray has size. He has a handle. He, he shoots the mid-range very well, shoots the three-point very well, can finish at, at the basket with contact. I mean, he possesses everything that you need to be that elite guard. So if I had to pick a team, like, tomorrow, I off this performance, this, this, this year, I would pick Murray over, um, over Kyrie. Mm. I, I I will say Murray is probably one of the best finishers I have seen at the rim um, at that position in a long time. Yeah. Like, he gets it done. He gets it done every time. Like, it's amazing. And he's passing the ball. Like, Kyrie, he never – he's – Kyrie is like AI in the sense that I'm not making plays for anybody else. You know, but Murray yeah. is, is world willing to – Pocket passes, cross court passes, get his team in the offense, yeah, and that goes a long way. You know, what I'm talking about just far as chemistry. I don't, I don't remember. Let's just talk about a conference finals. When has Kyrie been to a conference finals without LeBron? You know what I'm saying? Or, or let's put Murray with LeBron now. He goes further. You see what I'm saying? So it's like Kyrie Murray is basically by himself right now. Kyrie has been with pe- with players before, and he has never advanced. To the level at Murray's events, to a, like a conference, even the conference final level. Murray has been a number two seed in the Western Conference, which is hard with without LeBron. Kyrie, that first year of Boston, Kyrie was was England do something special, and then some got in his head, and he was like, "I'm not. I need to prove that I belong. That they need me. I don't need them." Yeah. And, and now you know, with Brooklyn. I mean, I think Brooklyn's gonna go. I mean, Brooklyn's gonna go deep, but. Once again, it's not a one A one B situation. With it's it's cut. It, it is it is um, KD's team, and Kyrie is clearly his Robin, maybe even his Batwoman. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I think I'm mad. We're not talking about Dwight Howard, right? So he's his Robin. <laughs> I think I'm mad because Kyrie averaged in his third year, right? Averaged twenty and six assists. Murray is averaging his third year 15 and three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kyrie never had other than Boston, which was a new situation, which, and still they did go far in the playoff, but he got hurt. 
Murray, have Joker. He had a he had um a, a better team surrounding him, and he had a good team for the for his, his um, a good team, decent team for his three four years in his in the NBA. Kyrie, his best team was when LeBron joined, and when LeBron left, he had nothing else. So what's so, the excuse for the Celtics though? The Celtics, it, yeah. I think like you said, he got into his head, right? So we got to that in. They were doing well. They were doing well, right? And he got hurt. So he didn't get to finish the season. They still went to the conference final. Kyrie demanded to leave an ideal situation, being with LeBron. Kyrie has demonstrated he's not about winning. No, Kyrie. He's demonstrated a, he's about himself. That's what that's, that's, that's no, no, Kyrie. Kyrie said. LeBron was leaving, and Kyrie didn't want to sit in the same boat. So he made, look, LeBron, you know he's not getting a verbal commitment. LeBron was about to bounce. He's going to be in the same situation before LeBron. So he said, let me get out of here before LeBron. He was going to be in a better situation than with LeBron before LeBron left. Before he, no, LeBron was leaving next year. Everybody knew. Are you telling me that Kyrie on that, on that Cleveland Cavaliers team uh, before it came a complete meltdown would not Mm -hmm. at least be able to make the playoffs? Because Kyrie Kyrie has barely made the playoffs since he's left. But I'm saying that Kyrie's situation with LeBron Literally, LeBron. Everybody knew LeBron was leaving. Kyrie didn't want to be, didn't trust ownership, and wh- who was ever on that team that time, they were not going anywhere. So he wanted to bail because his commitment. He still is, was on the contract. He couldn't leave. So he would have been sitting there. LeBron's gone in the same situation where ownership don't even know what they're doing. Because truth so, be told, so why is Boston doing better now that Kyrie's gone? Actually, they did, they're in the same place. They went to the conference. They didn't go to the conference yeah. final. And and and. When he wasn't playing. Yeah. But he, but he couldn't set them up. That season that Go Kyrie ahead, got injured on Boston, they were actually doing better when he wasn't there. At the end, but they still went to the finals. So I'm saying this. Murray has the bubble situation. I'm saying the bubble situation is overstated for a little bit because he's not in the same situation. And numbers-wise, Kyrie is, did better in his first three years. And even now, Kyrie are averaged 22 and 6. In the first three years, 22 and 6. So, a terrible Murray, team, though, Phil. Huh? On a terrible team. You got to factor that in. This is – his numbers is the same. I, I agree. His numbers is the same when he was with LeBron, right? Those two years with LeBron. And we've seen what he's done in the greatest pressure moment, right? Only thing I do give a fact that is Murray is not injury prone as Kyrie. That's the only thing I give. But right now, I have to say Kyrie because the numbers shows it, the ring hardware shows it, right? And his overall career is thus far. But you know, Kyrie is going towards the tail end. Murray's going up. Maybe at the end, if he continues to do this, I believe Denver will get a chip. But as of now, it's like to me, it's like it's not there yet. That's just me. I, I mean, that's fair. It's fair. Yeah. All right. Well. That is our show for today. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Um, Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and, that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.